Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion, unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> Once upon a time, our ancestors talked into the cave and waited for the echo to understand their words. Now, many billions of years later, in the quiet corners of our digital world, where the hum of electricity meets the whispers of thought, we find ourselves face to face with a new entity, an artificial one. The echo that finally talks back. Perhaps there's something in the water, maybe AI is on the tip of everybody's tongue, Whatever it is, we've had so many amazing stories sent into us. We've been forced to turn volume 93 of the other stories into a bumper eight story volume. So join us as we whisper into that well, as we shout into the cave, as we yell at our computer screens and phones and listen to what calls back. But just to be clear, our stories are 100% meat made. We use real throats and vocal cords to narrate our stories and real fingers and brains to think them up. We have stories this year from humans, Richard Reynolds, Georgia Cook, myself, arguably human, <laughs> uh, Anthony H. Roberts, Rich Hosek and JT Shields, along with narrators Erica Ventura, Justin Fife, Josh Curran, James Barnett, aka Jimmy Horrors himself and Sarah Jane Justice. 
If you enjoy what we do, be sure to become a TOS Plus member. This will get you access to the premium feed, which will include exclusive content, ad-free, early access, high-quality audio, and community fun times, if you're into that kind of thing. And you'll be supporting your favourite weekly weird fiction podcast. More info can be found at theotherstories.net forward slash plus, or just go and subscribe either via Apple's premium podcast service or Patreon. Speaking of Patreon, over on Patreon we have one new superpowered patron, so prepare to taste the rainbow, smell the dream, and welcome to the superpowered Patreon team, John Peterson. The bite-sized banterer, the ability to communicate with any electronic device using only retro computer beeps and boops from his mouth. Beep boop, John. Boop beep. <laughs> Thanks, John, for joining in the fight to take over the world of independent audio fiction. You'll get access to over 80 exclusive episodes a week early and ad-free. And this month's exclusive episode, A Choice in the Matter, written by Jason Fisher and narrated by Sarah Jane Justice. Anne has made a mess of life for herself and her daughter, Tina. A book of mazes offers a chance to determine her daughter's future if Anne is strong enough. And today we're going to have something a little bit different. Um, I wanted to have a quick catch-up and conversation with the author of our last Halloween special and Hawking Cleaver business partner, Daniel Wilcox. We're going to discuss some fun content that we have planned in the uh, next few volume openers. Uh, so sit around and listen to some uh, chit-chat and chin-wag from uh, myself and Daniel Wilcox all about those future plans and about horror literature. So, see you on the other side. Daniel Wilcox. <laughs> Luke Condor. How's it going? Doing very well, my friend. How are you? Yeah, we were just saying, I don't remember the last time we did a podcast together, but we used to podcast together like once a week. And you even used to do the volume openers with us. Right I did, I did start. in the beginning, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember doing one in a Comic Con. Like a. Yeah, like so a we sat in like a little like side space and did some recording. Yeah. yeah. That feels like years. I mean, it was years ago. It was like, years ago. It was <laughs> what? The Story Studio was 2016, 2017, around that time. Yeah. So and you listen to it all the time, right? You listen to it back. I, I still, I genuinely still do. I don't still go back and listen to some of them um, <laughs> because I like hearing where we came from. And then also we had some really cool guests on there. So there's some really useful interviews. I just feel like I can't listen to the younger version of me because the younger version of me was an idiot. <laughs> That's older why I me... listen to the younger version of you. <laughs> <laughs> present version of me is still an idiot, especially to future version of me. He hates present me. Yeah, just much more aware. That's yeah. the difference. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, I, we... Uh, I thought it'd be good to, to jump on and we discussed a short while ago the possibility of bringing on some quite cool guests and bringing some pretty cool horror authors and introducing them to the other stories audience because mm -hmm. um i mean for both of us over the last however many years we've been working in the horror space we've been speaking to horror people we know some pretty cool people and so figured it'd be fun to bring some of that as i say to the other stories audience to share what's going on in horror yeah, geek out about all the cool dark stuff and just bring some light to some amazing horror authors. Well, I like to think of the other stories as like a, a magazine format. Yes. And I like to have people who will know if they listen to the volume openers. I like to try and get little interviews in there and behind the scenes bits and pieces. And for ages, I thought it'd be cool to get more interviews with bigger name authors. And whereas I've been kind of doing a production stuff on the other stories, you have been interviewing some of these horror guys. Yes. Josh Malaman. Eric Larkin. Uh, 
Yeah, tons of these like big, big names at the minute, and I thought, yeah. why, why can't, why, Dan, why can't you do that for us? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I could, <laughs> but yeah, no, we. Um, I, I mean, the other stories is really the vehicle behind everything that's kind of been cool with my journey in horror. I'll speak for myself. I'm, I'm guessing with yourself as well, mm-hmm. but like. I ended up going to um, Pittsburgh last summer um, to the StokerCon conference with Neil McRobert from the Talking Scared podcast, Gemma Moore, uh, Bram Stoker nominated author, Ali Wilkes, Bram Stoker award nominated author, and some other really cool people, John Crinan, CC Adams. Um, and we, we, we flew out there and just I got to hang out with some just incredible people. Just got to sit down yeah. with Paul Tremblay, have a drink with him. Um, got to see uh, Patrick Barb, who I know is doing lots of stuff with like Dan Howarth at the minute. Um, yeah, there was just... I just did in the flesh again with Nick Cutter. That was really, really fun. That was like a real highlight for me because you know yeah. I love I love a bit of Nick. Um, but yeah, I think it's... So what we really want to do going forward is try and get some of these names on. I've already got some people lined up to jump on, just got to finalise the dates and things. But yeah, some really cool people in horror jumping on the other stories and not only sort of shouting about their books, but geeking out about the other stuff that they love in horror so that we can get excited about everything that's coming up in 2024 and beyond. Yeah, it'd be fun, I think. It'd be interesting. It'd be a little change for the other stories. I mean, we're a story-first podcast, so the stories yes. are all, always... Nothing's going to change there. But this would be like a bit of an extra bit of extra piece of content if people want to, to jump yeah. into it and get a more well-rounded view of the horror landscape. Yeah, 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 I'm excited. I'd be, be very awesome. interested. Yeah, because I, I, I admit that I was very blind to a lot of like the big, sort of more traditional horror mm-hmm. stuff and what's going on there I've been filled in a lot more the last few months but like I think it's just good to share people from all walks of horror really like the independents the traditionals the yeah. non incriminated <laughs> yeah yeah um, so that will probably start from the next volume opener yes at the minute I don't know what number that would be because I'm a, not got my numbers in front of me but you always have the next one in front of you <laughs> the next one uh, do we know who that would be yet the first interview uh, very very potentially Sam Rebeline who is the author of Edenville which is a brand new cosmic horror that is doing wonders around the rounds awesome. fantastic read as well read it myself very very good and Sam's Sweet. a lovely guy so yeah should have Sam scheduled up to, to chat all things cosmic horror and the future of the Edenville universe um, but yeah I did point out one of the, the, the things <laughs> the reason I reached out and said, let's jump on together, is we're both horror authors as well. So I have a question for you, Luke, which is, what are some of your top horror recommends to people? So people who might be new listeners, what would you recommend they read? People who have been listening for a while, what's some stuff that that you would like to share? Well, I I thought, I think I did read this question before, but I thought it was going to be like recent recommendations. Uh, So I can give you my... Yeah, two of my all-time favourites. We're probably talking about Nick Cutter at the Troop, mm-hmm. which I think we've talked about a lot. Yes. What was the um... ah? My bookshelf's over there. Over there. <laughs> what was the one with the um, people on the Mayan temple? And it's like flowers that kill people. Do you remember that one? No. I'm intrigued. The though. ruins. The ruins. I the author's name is Kit. It's amazing. It's absolutely brutal. Um, they're, they're two of my if I say those two and also Uzumaki uh, the Junjito manga those three books in terms of my horror preferences and it throw it on top as well oh and wow it, okay 
Uh, those four books, I'm, uh, if I turn to my horror preferences, they're probably up there because they're all quite brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, they all make make me feel a little bit sick, <laughs> and <laughs> and the and I like to feel sick when I read horror. Um, and the Junjito book is is just wildly creative and mm-hmm. bonkers, and I do love a bit of bonkers. But yeah. in terms of like recent stuff that I've read, that I would re- very much recommend. Um, so one is this even horror I don't know it plays with like horror tropes and fantasy tropes but it's more of a story for um, maybe it's a young adult novel I think it's for younger people than that it's called The Monster Calls by Patrick Ness and it's about this young boy who's got whose mother's got cancer and is dying Um, and then every time he goes to sleep or goes to bed where there's this yew tree in his back garden that comes alive and it turns into this monster and it tries to scare him and it, and it, it said it's got it's got to tell him three stories and then the boy's got to tell him the story and the way the reason I like it so much is because it it's obviously like hugely metaphorical in the sense that what's happening on the fantasy side is is 100% just a metaphor for what's happening in, in the real world for this little boy um, and I think that's what I love about it it, it feels like the kind of uh, dark fantasy book that any young kid could read and get and and get like a really emotional punch out of it because it is I know a lot of people have said it, it brought him out in tears um, and also it's a bit of a gateway book for people who just like monsters because it is a pretty cool monster this giant yew tree smashing through stuff um, yeah and then should I go in another one or do you want to do, want to do yeah something? no shoot let's go for it okay I'll do a comic book as well I think if you like the other stories and if you like the kind of stuff that I put out on the other stories you might like this comic book it's called Ice Cream Man and I can't remember the author's name or the artist's name you'll have to look them up but it's an anthology comic book series I think there's like nine volumes of it so far and they're all different stories it's like the other stories are different um, takes on horror some are comedy some are purely dark some are more metaphorical and some are fantastical Um, but the majority of them include this demonic ice cream man who is influencing the world in some way or another and although there's no the story isn't uh, sequential it's not serialized as we go through these different interlocking stories or unrelated stories even we're learning more and more about this ice cream man um, hmm. and it's just the best way I could describe it because I read volume 7 first which is probably not the right way to do it um, <laughs> but every single story is so creative and so just takes a completely different approach to this one idea of an ice cream man and they even did one story in volume 7 there was something that I wanted to do for ages which was a reverse Kafka story so Kafka uh, did the um, Metamorphosis which is when Gregor Samson wakes up as a bug and he has to go to work have you read Metamorphosis? I haven't no I mean it's it's a really good book it's very strange I think if you read it you'll you'll get an idea of why I write some of the stuff that I do but they did a reverse version of that where a bug um, wakes up and starts to turn into a human and starts to go to work and it's this book trying to be a human in, in the human world but doesn't quite understand it and it's just it's like a it's beautiful and dark really funny um, and just strange yeah Ice Cream Man if you look at if you just Google Ice Cream Man and look at the different covers you'll see what I mean it's like yeah I've got one in front of me it's W. Maxwell Prince written by yeah yeah, uh, it's the same artist through all of the stories as well. I think Martin the majority Maratto. of them. 
Yeah, which adds a, a nice bit of um, continuity between the entire thing. Because normally comic books, if you have different artists, it can feel a little bit disconnected. Um, but I really recommend just checking it out because it's, you know, if you don't like one story, you might like the next. But at the same time, it is building a larger mythology around this ice cream man. And the covers are all amazing, especially when they get different artists to do the covers because everyone has like a really creepy take on on the on the demonic ice cream man. It's cool. I really, really like it. Um, nice. What it's about such you? a simple thing as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, one of my favorites, Nick Cutter, as you say, like the troop is arguably one of my all time favorite horror novels. I always find it because... I have favourites in the sense of how they made me feel at the time. So right up there as yeah. well, I've got I've got three. I've got um, Girl Next Door, Jack Ketchum, oh, uh, yeah. Adam Neville's The Ritual, and oh, yeah. Yeah, Troop. Yeah, and I kind of place them very, very similarly because they're all kind of they're novels. Um, but they all really, really pulled me in. They really, really engrossed me. And they're just very, very rich, um, sensual prose. So you really get drawn in by like yeah. sight, sound, touch, smell. Like It covers the whole sort of spectrum. That, those yeah, those three books. When I think of your style of writing, those three books do kind of sound right. If that makes oh. sense. <laughs> <laughs> I just mean it's like you do have a you like to cover all the senses in quite a yeah. Your writing is very sensory. If that I makes probably, sense, I, I try to get very much in the character's head. Probably in yeah. the first draft, at least, very much to my detriment because there's a lot of shit in there that doesn't need to be. <laughs> but yeah, so those, those ones I absolutely love. Um, and there's also something. Uh, obviously, there's supernatural elements in, in in many ways, but they're very. There's a realism to the situations. I like those kind of like you know the troop is a bunch of Boy Scouts on an island, and a guy comes up in a rowing boat with a tapeworm in him. That's the troop. Um, yeah. The ritual is four guys going off on a stag do and getting lost in the woods in I can't remember specifically where some Scandinavian country, yeah. and what happens after that. And then um, the girl next door is a new girl moves into the town and everything. Like it's, it, they're such simple premises and they're all very close. Like I like stories that have sort of big fantastical concepts. Like we did um, Weave World by Clive Barker. That yeah, you very much argue is huge <laughs> scope and fantastical. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I like the ones where you get really like into the characters' head and stuff. So um, I'm on a I'm on a real binge at the minute of novellas of shorter works. Um, yeah. I'm a big fan, huge fan at the minute of Cassandra Core. Like yeah. I I kind of discovered a liking of more cosmic horror about a year and a half ago. Um, I started to dive into dream. Yeah, I wrote dream came from. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. So a lot of that came from that kind of research and that that playing around with the Lovecraftian side of horror. Um, and I don't know, my, my, my reading is kind of at the minute bordering between horror and really, really dark fantasy. So kind of on those supernatural, fantastical, blurry lines, because uh, yeah. Hammers on Bone by Cassandra Core is cosmic. It's a cosmic god basically stuck in a kind of noir 60s PI <laughs> okay. which is a lot of fun as they're going and trying to like solve this sort of investigation um, what was the one she did she covered one called The Devil Takes the A Train or something I thought the cover oh. the cover of that looked amazing I really want to pick that up I'm not sure has that come out now oh maybe it hasn't I don't know I feel like it was, was cover. coming out I'll look that up in a second um, yeah. but yeah Cassandra Core's got a lot going on and her writing is just absolutely beautiful yeah um, yeah and then like uh, I'll, I'll plug the book that got me into writing, and I think it's kind of appropriate given that you know the other stories is very much short stories um, fiction. Yeah, yeah. Is Everything's Eventual by Stephen King? 
Like, I talk a lot about it. I it's, read that recently. Yeah. Did you? And it's not even yeah. like... I wouldn't even say it's his best short story collection. Like, yeah. But I would say that it's the first one that I read and it really opened up my possibility to what short stories could be. So, yeah. like, the first story, uh, Room... Uh, Autopsy 104. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that story partly inspired the story I wrote at Christmas. Because, so... My, I don't know if you heard that one, but it's about a man stuck in a, a man stuck in a chimney, basically. <laughs> and then Autopsy 104 is about the guy who's been. Oh, I said, spoiler alert! Uh, a guy's been bitten by by some sort of snake, and he I'm wakes up in autopsy. Yeah, and he wakes up in autopsy, and he's about to get. What do you call it when someone's about to autopsy you? He's about to autopsy. get cut to pieces. <laughs> yeah, he's about to get autopsed. Um, and he's like, he's aware of everything, but he's completely paralyzed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's cool. Yeah, that is a great story. That is an amazing story. Yeah, yeah. As, as an opener as well, you just kind of go, whoa. Yeah. And then, yeah, there's one there about like a kid going off fishing and then encountering the devil by the river. And yeah, yeah it's it's a fantastic collection. So um, I'll plug that one. Um, is there anything? Because I, I feel like horror, whether it's the bubble that I'm currently in, in terms of like who I'm following, what I'm kind of paying attention to, horror does seem to be in a real kind of contemporary revival at the minute like i'm seeing so much come out of horror even books that are horror that are coming out as not horror um books like uh, daniel krauss's yeah. whale fall is glorious but it's i want to read that horror. yeah it's, is it not no it's uh, i don't even know how it's marketed but it's really not pitched as like a horror book um yeah it's gorgeous i recommend it highly highly recommend it um but what what are some of the people or the books that you're paying attention to attention to at the minute and why wow i don't even yeah it's a difficult question because i'm trying to at the minute read more widely and by that i mean i'm trying to read more poetry books i'm trying to read more hmm. uh, non-fiction books um because i read about 50 short stories yeah. submissions to the other stories uh about 50 a, a month maybe more than that a lot so I do feel like I get my film to some extent <laughs> in terms of like short horror stuff um, yeah so at the minute I just finished reading a poetry book and I just started this book called A Wild Swan and Other Tales which is like re-imag- dark reimaginings of um, fairy tales um, which is a gift for Christmas that I'm looking forward to jumping into um, but, in, but in terms of what I'm I do feel like I'm a bit out of the loop because I see a lot of indie horror books and publishing mm. companies bringing out these like novellas like the the Eric LaRockers and uh, the weird punk books and, and all that kind of thing and I see them keep and I keep thinking you know I'm gonna, that looks amazing I'm going to pick that up I'm going to pick that up but then because I've just got so much reading to do anyway mm-hmm. uh, I just it just kind of falls by the wayside um, yep. maybe you can recommend me some of the new modern stuff I mean I've I've literally suffered from that over the last year I've got a shelf that's been filling up with new books from different people that I've yeah. not read and I'm finding myself like so there's a couple that have been absolutely um, raved about that I do want to jump on. Like I've got um, Tanana Reeve Dew uh, wrote a book called The Reformatory, which came out right. last year, and I've heard nothing but good things for that. So I've got that. Um, and it's interesting because of my reading habits at the minute, like preferring shorter books, it's quite a chunky one. And okay. yeah. I'm having a real kind of like in my head now of like, when do I get to that? Because, you know, you've got to invest in a story like that. Um so Tanana Reef Do's one, um 
I had one. Oh, what popped up in my head? Oh, I really want to go back and read a couple of the. I don't even know if it's classed as classic now, but I'm really, really got my eye on the John Langan's The Fisherman. Okay, yeah, I've seen that uh, pop up return. In fact, there's a Facebook group, isn't there, called Books of Horror that I'm in. I think you must be in that group as well, right? Maybe. I'm rarely on Facebook these days. Oh, well, there's a Facebook group called Books of Horror, and they're constantly recommending various books, and The Fisherman comes up quite a bit. Yeah, it's got, like, I don't even know when it came out, but it's got a lot of, um, yeah. lot of oomph behind it. Um, Philip Fracassi, Boys in the Valley. That's yeah. had a bit of a journey to publication because that actually came out like two years ago and then got bought up by traditional press and then oh, okay. yeah. got re-released in November, I think it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, and there's there's an onslaught of female horror authors who are absolutely making yeah. the rounds, which are like, I've recently read CJ Leeds' um, Maeve Fly. Which oh, was, the, cover, the cover to that is awesome. Yeah, it's See, gross. I see all this stuff <laughs> happening. I see all this stuff coming out and I just think, oh, I'll get to that at some point. And then by the time I might have a bit of time to do it, to get it, there's like some other stuff that's like yep. flying out. That there's just so much stuff being published at the minute. That's the nature of the beast. That's how it goes. Mm. I think that's the thing. The more you pay attention to it, the faster it comes. Yeah. Like it was never an issue when I when I first started writing. It was just like I'm going to read a bit of King. I hear he's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that is true. And so it's when you start to know some of these people. Yes. And like you feel inclined to to read them because you know them. Um, yeah. And then your power just gets bigger and bigger, and then you feel guilty because it's bigger. And mm-hmm. then maybe you don't want to read as much because you feel guilty. Yeah. And then the power just gets bigger because like this horrendous feedback, like feedback loop of uh, horror books piling up. Well, I've got um, I've got a bit of a solution for that, Luke. What? Read them? No. <laughs> Listen to podcasts that have short stories weekly published, so that you can just yeah. incorporate that into your writing routine. This is what that we is do. True. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah but yeah there's um there's a lot there's a lot of like amazing stuff happening it's really i think it's really good to see sort of the quality of some of the stuff coming out um yeah. some younger names making the rounds some older names still kind of clinging on and doing good stuff like i'd love to see some new barker i don't know if that's going to happen at any point um i remember a couple of years ago they because he's getting on a bit and I think he's been ill as well uh, but I remember a couple of years ago they said there was going to be another book of short stories in a playbook or something Ooh. but I don't know what happened with that actually that'd um, be nice yeah um, so sorry yeah so that was the thing um, one of my all time favourite horror books that I've completely forgot about that I didn't mention uh, that is short stories was the books of blood by Clyde Barker mm. especially one to three when I read those I, I was like, yeah, I want to write horror stories, yeah. and I want to like do stuff for horror stories because those that those stories are all so different, also unique and strange and brutal in their own ways. Um, Books of Blood one to three, there's some amazing stuff in there. In fact, you've probably seen a lot of them as films at some point yeah. in time. Yeah, I managed um, to pick up a vintage cover one from a charity shop, and it is beautiful. Is that like a where's that like a mask or something on the front? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might have that covered. I don't know. Somebody. Your shelf seems so far away. Every time you look, it's like a longing look into the distance. <laughs> well, there's, there's that shelf there, which is um, the one that has all my horror stuff on. There's that shelf that has my hardcover stuff. That's a bit and almost king hardcover as well. So far, and I got my to, to read trolley over there. If you can see that, but that's to read trolley. Stacked. Yeah, it's stacked at the minute. Yeah. Um, got some Tim Levin in Magic about a Clive Barker. Yes. Um, I can see Robert Aikman. Oh, Levin's oh, how... new book sounds awesome. Among the Living, it's very, it sounds very Last of Us-y. 
Levin's another one of those guys who just throws books out constantly, mm-hmm. you know, I think I need to get ready to read them. Yeah. Jesus, they're just like always one coming out. Josh Malaman's always bringing new stuff out. Yeah, he's got another one to sit through. <laughs> oh, just just slow down a bit. Just, yeah. Jesus Christ, slow down. Yeah. I will say, I do think um, for people listening to this who enjoy listening to like the other stories and all that kind of stuff and enjoy enjoy reading different bits of horror, like read the full spectrum as much as you can because like I, f- mm. I feel like there's a real pressure sometimes when you're reading to be like you must read these classics you must read these contemporaries you must like read the ones that grab you because you're never going to be able to read them all and for me personally like it's not about the canon it's about finding the books that interest you and just going down those rabbit holes i think when you can really lose yourself in a genre or an author then mm. that's kind of when you get the most reward from actually reading the books yeah I think I like to find an author I really like, mm-hmm. and I just start delving into their back catalogue. And, and short stories are a great way to start. If you can find an, an author collection, yeah, uh, it's a nice way to discover more about that author. So I feel like if you read someone's short story collection, you get a much better sense of who they are as a as a rounded artist than mm-hmm. if you just read one novel. Because people's novels can change from project to project, but a short story collection is like their sketchbook. Yes. You're getting insight into this. The kind of thing they enjoy yeah yeah so there you go a ton of recommendations i don't know if you, <laughs> you'll be throwing them all into the show notes but yeah there's a this, the summary there's a hell of a lot of horror out there and um yeah. over the next few months i'm going to be reaching out i'm going to be bringing people onto the show so that you can get a bit more behind the scenes of some of hopefully your favorite horror authors um and just sharing a bit more about what they do so watch this space um i've got three hooked up on the on the line at the minute and uh, i'll be reaching out to plenty plenty more so yeah i'm i'm excited to bring some of these authors to the other stories and have a little fun yeah sounds good all right man uh so where can we follow you on social medias and stuff on instagram tiktok snapchat Mm, not well i'm not on tiktok bad, but screw tiktok i am uh everywhere pretty much at wilcox author is my social media so it's w-i-l-l-c-o-c-k-s for wilcox um and then all my horror stuff's over at danielwilcox.com um and if you're an author listening to this then you can find out all my coaching stuff at activatedauthors.com how about you luke uh luke of condor condor's photo k pretty much everywhere instagram's my social it's weird when twitter changed like Twitter used to be my, my go-to and now I just can't really use it I don't know I just and I don't even miss it not there's once a lot of that going around and it, when I was in when I was fully invested in Twitter I was like I can't imagine ever not using it but now I just never go to it Instagram's my go-to now Instagram and Discord yeah I'm, yeah. I'm pretty much primarily just Instagram it's, it's a nice place to be it's a wonderful place to be. It's all pretty yeah. pictures. Yeah. It's hashtags. Every now and then I get invited to be an ambassador of a brand that I have nothing to do with. <laughs> Reels so you can just watch stupid shit. So many shitty. Lose movies. hours of time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, this was fun. And yeah, I man. will hopefully see you on one of these in another two years. <laughs> yeah, man. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.